podcast. My name is Jeff, as always, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Paul. Hello, that's me, people. Hi. <laughs> How are you tonight? Yeah, I'm. I'm very good, Jeff. Thank you. I I have a new hat, which I am wearing right Ooh, now. Oh, what's have that? You, have I you can't. This? Yeah, can it's got uh, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve doctors yes, it does. stitched on yes, it. That's pretty I'm, good. It's all right, isn't it? It's supposed to have 13 on there with her goggles, um, so I don't know why she's not on there, but it turned out today with just those four oh. likely villains. But that's fine. It's okay. I shall get another 13 one, so I'll have a complete set of the modern Doctors. Where did you get that hat. from? Um, online somewhere. <laughs> well, just, just, it just that'll be online. easy hence, to find Hence then. the reason it's a rather cheap-looking patch, because it certainly didn't look that cheap in the picture, uh, that's really. for sure. But nonetheless, it is a Doctor Who hat, and yeah, I'm very that's, pleased that's cool. to have one, yeah. at least. So, yeah. yes, it's that's all good, good my friend. Um, so tonight we're going to do another episode commentary, mm. and we decided yes. that we'd tackle the Ninth Doctor. So we asked people to uh, comment online, Twitter and Facebook, what their favourite mm-hmm. Ninth Doctor episode was, um, and uh, that would be the one that we tackle. Um, and there was a fairly overwhelming uh, <clears throat> comment, you know, um, I, don't, I, don't, I was trying to think of something spectacular. Avalanche, to call, of, avalanche suggestions of, of comments. For one for, story in particular. Yes, for Boomtown. Mm. Uh, and admittedly, from... a lot of those, a lot of that avalanche was caused by one particular person. Yes, it was. Who, who seems to every set other everybody post. else off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Felix Fraser. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> so we're watching this for you. Now, I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched this episode since um, I bought the, mm. the season one box set. So that's so a, that a long ago. time ago. Are we talking oh. like almost 20 years ago, Jeff? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because this is 2005. We're in 2023. So what's that, 18 years? Yep, yeah, 18 years, 18 yeah. 18 years. So this is almost as old as, well, it is as old as some of the Hartnell stories would have been had you been watching the Peter Davison stories when they were broadcast. Yes, yeah. So that's that's quite yeah. something, isn't it's it? It's a long time, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, quite mm. amazing to think that it's this this old. Um, right, so um, if you're listening along uh, and watching and you would like to join in our commentary, um, I'm going to hit play, uh, as Paul is as well. And, um, oh, yes, we'll are you going to count down this time? It, I'll do three, two, one, and then hit play. Are we going on right. one? One. Yeah. We're going on, on one. one. Right. Okay, three. Marvellous. Two. One. Okay, we're on. Preview. Previously, it's going back good. to. Oh, I was just thinking I've got the wrong episode, but of course it's no, going no, back no, to Aliens of London and stuff. London, yeah, yeah, World War Three recap, isn't it? Which yes. is quite interesting because um, I mean, completely independent of this, I was doing a, a sort of series one rewatch, kind of on and off. It's taken me mm. ages, and it's only a couple of nights ago that I, I watched these episodes. What, so um, I'm quite well prepared for it, actually, I think. Okay. So tell me, what are your thoughts on the Slitheen <clears throat> from Vaxicophala um, Pretorius? I've never been their biggest fan, not going to lie. Uh, but I don't mind them. I mean, they're as, they're as ridiculous and as horrific as any other ridiculous slash horrific mm-hmm. Doctor Who villain monster there have been many of them in the years and i think they just tick the box you know some I, people think they look dumb some people think they look great yeah, some people I, get I the think joke. they some people don't um, like the joke i think they look 
good but silly, and I think they were quite mm. clearly designed to appeal to kids. And um, yes, yeah. you know the the farting and all of that. I think you know we yeah. people forget sometimes or choose to ignore that the show is a family show, and it, it has to appeal to show. has to appeal yes. to you and me to to eight year olds, mm-hmm. five year olds. And and a five year old or even an eight year old or maybe even some people of our age are going to find farting yeah. green aliens hilarious. They, they would love that sort well, of they thing. They would love and, it uh, just the same as they would love a belching uh, bin. wheelie bin. Yeah, it's and the so same kind of thing. when you look at it and you think, ah, that's terrible. That like the Pating, for example. Like my kids mm. have seen the Pating and they think he's brilliant. You know, the there, there'll be they? somebody yeah. out there who will love it because it's not mm. always aimed. F- you no, know, this is very you, true. You know, yeah. So, so the Slitheen, so th- I think. Thanks for that, Jeff. That's, that's uh, all right. You're welcome. That's put me in my place. Well done. Put, yeah, <laughs> that's that's what happens <laughs> when you don't like the Slitheen. Jeff um, dictates. <laughs> the world according to Jeff. You don't like the Slitheen? Lump it. It's not for you anyway. Bugger off. <laughs> well, no, I think you know it's. Um, we just talked y- right know. over the prologue there. Yeah, we did. That. Sorry, a guy got killed by a Slitheen bashing. Yeah, um, a nuclear physicistic expert or something. No, well, I'm not. I'm not dictating anything. How dare you? Oh, but, no, I'm um, only joking. What I mean is, you know, if you don't like them, which is absolutely fair enough, I suppose there's no point being furious about it because you know someone yeah, else true, will but think people it's will brilliant all, there will always be some people who's always going to be furious about, yes, about something that's true whatever it is doesn't conform to uh to to, to their what kind they of, want yeah yeah maybe yeah their idea of perfect doctor who yeah. i suppose but you know that's the same across any fandom i, I wonder if um i know they've done a few big finish with um the slithine in I'd, I'd like to see if they could sort of make them scary mm. somehow uh, so let me tell you a little story about this here, Cardiff Bay. Go on, so mm-hmm. some years ago, I went to there, Cardiff Bay. Yeah, I've been to film a um, uh, Welsh opera quartet, female Ooh, quartet that I was yeah. filming, and uh, one of them was actually a singer in the uh, you know the opera building there. That's that's mm. where her main job was. So I went down, and we were going to film in the bay at night. And um, I made sure that I got down there early enough to be able to go to the Doctor Who exhibition Absolutely. or experience well or whatever it was called. And I said to the guy, Chris, that I was filming with, I said, I'm really sorry. I know I know you prefer Star Trek, but <laughs> it's right there. So we're going. And, uh, did we he, had did permi- he go with you? It, he did, yeah. And, yeah, um, brilliant. We had permission to park in the bay and, uh, you know, all, all of that. So it was, it was really good. That's awesome. I used to, um, when I worked in a proper job, I uh, I used to have some customers down that way. Did and you? Actually, it was before Doctor Who had started filming there, so it was a couple of years before it had come back. And it's quite interesting, because when this story came out, I recognised a lot of the places, even the restaurant, that mm. they have, uh, they have their, their dinner in. So I thought, yeah, I've been there. I've been, I, know, I know that place. Because it was all quite new back there. It, was, it wasn't, yes, it, wasn't it that was, old. yeah. It's, One of my clients had a really nice um, shop there, which is full of very expensive stuff. I'm also just going to get some something up on my phone, so I've got it. Here we go. So this is interesting, isn't it? So we see Mickey back in. <laughs> yes, um, this episode's the, got Mickey, Mickey and Captain Jack in it. And Captain Jack. Now, Captain Jack has just kind of joined the team after coming through the. Um, that are you my mummy episodes, isn't it? Yes, that's dances. right. Yeah, 
just before yeah, this that. Is only his, so he's his quite third new, really. He's, he's quite yeah. fresh, fresh faced, and he, well, he does look very actually, young, you know, John Berman. Here. Yeah, he does look very young. I know this is <laughs> he's pushing twenty odd years ago, but yeah, he does look yeah. young there. Yeah. And interesting as well is is you know his um his cap- <laughs> who are you captain of the innuendo innuendo squad <laughs> I like that it's quite good but um his character isn't quite fully formed he's not quite no. the Captain Jack I think he, he hasn't got the coat and stuff there appreciate either. a little bit further on he's still a little bit um I mean in in the Doctor dances he was he was quite antagonistic to the Doctor wasn't he when yes. they when they first met and now they're sort of getting on a little bit but now of course Mickey's got to meet him and he's mm. not. Um, he's, he's kind of got his heckles up against Captain Innuendo or Captain Cheese, very cheesy. Which reminds me of Ryan's line about Jack later oh, on yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in the Dalek story. Yeah, uh, cheesy. It, is uh, this cheesy? He's very cheesy. Does Jack leave at the end of this one, and does he not meet the Doctor again until Series no, no, Three? No, he doesn't leave. No, no, no. He goes. He goes through the. Finale oh, he's in the end, isn't he? Yes, series. that's right. Is. Because yeah, that's when he becomes made. Uh, he it's gets immortal he then, immortal. doesn't he? Yeah. Yes, so right. this is great here. I mean, there, there, there's this is I think Russell T Davies having a huge amount of fun with this because basically there's something here. You know, we we are going to build a nuclear power station right in the middle of Cardiff, which is brilliant because why would you not? But it's it's yeah. immediately, you know, a, a kind of enemy, you know, a bad project. And everyone's up for it. Look at that. Cardiff Castle will be demolished, allowing the Blythe project to rise up tall and monument to Welsh industry. You know, and everybody's like, yay, isn't that great? No, it's not. And no. it, we're not supposed to think it's great. But it's so it's it's almost cartoon like in its um in, in presenting us with something mm-hmm. that we're not gonna like. You know, we're gonna we're gonna be defensive about it, we're gonna hate this project, and we know that Margaret Blaine is actually a Slitheen, so we know something's yes. going on here. Yeah, and of course, something... you just killed the nuclear physicist, yeah. physicist guy. And we've already trying got to warn that. us that it was all, um, mm. it's all going to blow up, and it's not going to be a happy ending. Yeah, we've got that information ahead of the, uh, you know, the characters mm. here, haven't we? About it, yeah, you're right. It's it's a bit um, sort of over the top, and it's the sort of thing it makes me it, think. It you is. know, when you're watching yeah. like, um, mm. or any, any superhero film or reading, it's a bit a kind of SpongeBob like SquarePants. I think. Yeah, and and you know, these people always have these. Um, Huge labs and layers and things that they've had built, <laughs> yeah, and I it. and I think yeah. you know, I'd love to see a something where they go to the bank and try and get the money mm. for it. They do that in Despicable Me. There's a bank for evil people, isn't there? And, exactly, and in yeah. Austin Powers, yeah. they have, um, you know, they Bob's been run over by a steamroller. And, mm. <laughs> but I think again, as we were saying earlier, this is um, I think this is clearly aimed at families and. The, the younger end of the audience, mm. you know that that whole thing. Because let's make it immediately an evil project. Let's yes. make it really, really obvious. And you know, like I said before, the good thing, the, the, the great thing about Russell T. Davis's rising is he puts everything on the surface, yeah. and it almost he almost kind of heightens it as well. So he puts mm. it there, and he and he he, ex, he makes the peaks bigger, you know, the yes. troughs deeper. So it's really, really obvious, and then kind of wraps it up in some really wonderful sort of comedy, and uh, which which immediately segues into some dark stuff and then also some sort of familial drama type stuff as well yeah. it's, it's very good at he's very good at what he does whether you kind of get on with that or no is 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 something left to your own devices i think this now this yeah, is interesting as well because she's taken the journalist away and yeah. um you know who's also started making a bit of a nuisance of herself yeah, she says to her, oh, "I'd like to have and a we word think, in right, private." We know what's going to happen here, don't we? You know, that's yeah. that's the thing. She's uh, she's not going to come to a happy end. 
Uh, also, I'd like to apologise if you're watching this episode uh, of the podcast, not Boomtown. Uh, I'm very dark here because I'm sitting in my conservatory. You are dark. Why and I, I just noticed you've gone dark. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to get my light out. Let me just. Um, oh. Have you, have you put money at meter? You put your 50p on? Yeah, look at that. If I put my thumb there, there you go. Right. Oh, I'm gone again, but I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, mm. sorry. I'll try and brighten this up in, in the edit a little bit. <laughs> So she's squeezing herself out of her skin suit now, yes. the Slitheen, the CGI version of the Slitheen. Now, of course, we could uh, laugh at those effects, but they were pretty good for the time. I love the, the skin suit there. It's so, yeah. it's so silly who. It is. It's it's so ridiculous. But, you know, you, you go with it, don't you? Because you know? if you don't, you're just not going to be much of a Doctor Who fan, really. So she's intending to make the information public. And here we go. She's preparing for the kill until the journalist mentions that she's got a boyfriend and she's getting married and she could lose her job. So now we've suddenly got another dimension to someone who mm. would have just been another number on the body count of an episode. And that's quite interesting mm. writing, really, because, you know, you see these baddies killing and, you know, all of that and... You often don't get any, you know, kind of backstory to them or anything like that. And, you know, this is so prominent here. And mm. it, and it shows there is an element of humanity, um, you know, to... to um, mm. I can't remember her name, the Slitheen, but... Margaret Blaine. Mar Let's go Margaret. And, you know, it, it stops her in her tracks here, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Because I think family... Is, is one of the important themes in this story. We've got mm. um, Margaret Blaine, or Blonfell Fatch, I think her Slitheen name is, yeah. who's lost all her family because the Doctor killed them all. Yes. And she's kind of found this... Oh, she's been struck by this sudden emotion from, you know, listening to the journalist saying that she's planning a family, she's about to start a family, she's pregnant, you know, as well as getting married, so... Suddenly, she decides. Blonde decides that she's not going to kill this woman after all, you know. So, and and this is something, is it? Because you know, we we started with something that that began very comic book, and mm. now we've gone into some genuine emotional drama. Yeah. And it's that even more with all of us. We all understand mm. family, isn't it? You know. And, and again, and this is, I think, the first time really that we've seen this in Doctor Who, and I think certainly yeah. the first time that we start to understand that this episode might be a little bit different mm. from the kind of episodes, that, you know, the kind of stuff that we'd seen in Doctor Who previously. This bit, uh, actually, with, with the guys in the in the restaurant, I do find quite annoying, actually. I do. Well, I was just going to say, it's really surprising <laughs> there, because, you, mm. like you said, there's some genuine emotion in that previous scene, which, when you look at it, is a bulbous-faced, long-necked, long clawed green farting mm. thing and it's ridiculous but it's you know testament to the writing and, and the performance and also mm. the animatronics as well because you know there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. quite a lot of good movement going on in that face there and did um, you see did you see the doctor there picking out that that newspaper yeah Again, she's, another comic book bit right he just picks a newspaper off a guy who doesn't react mm. uh, if, if you were sitting in a restaurant and some bloke come up to you and whap the newspaper out of your hands would you yeah, just sit there and let yeah. me get on with it but for the sake of the you plot he, he can't <laughs> <laughs> um 
Uh, I quite like the. Sorry, you, you were halfway there. through saying something. It, uh, yeah. yeah, just saying it's it's quite nice that the um, you, you know you get that bit of emotion from the slitheen there like that. Mm. Um, uh, I, I was going to say as well, it's I like seeing the four of them sitting there in the restaurant having a chat and kind of being yeah. normal. You, you don't really get that mm. very often in the show. They never no, make no, an episode exactly. like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd love one where they just go to the fun fair, go and have dinner. Go watch a film, mm. and it's and it's just TARDIS life without the danger, you know, because <laughs> it must happen. We just never get it told about happen. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like I when, don't know if I'd like to see that episode. I think it would be a little bit dumb. Mate. I, th- I think, it, yeah, it'd be not what you expect. <laughs> but it's like when I used to think when I was watching like Buffy or something. Mm. You'd you'd get this big scene where, you know, something's dangerous and something's bad, and we you know we need to deal with this, and then you you'd be like, oh okay, yeah, right, we'll, we'll get on it, and then it it cuts mm. to the next scene, and it's the evening, and then they're dealing with it, and you think, well, they must have finished that other scene, gone to school, mm-hmm. gone through the day, gone to work, not dealt with any of it, and then and then they've yeah. got you know, do you know what I mean? There's still these normal bits to be Listen filled to this, in. Yeah. Listen to this line here. Um, when he, the guy's coming in trying to make an excuse the fact that Margaret Blaine's not available to see the doctor can he make an appointment she's climbing out the window isn't she <laughs> yes she is <laughs> she's legging it this this is a lot of fun I think this bit here and again you know we're sort of we're going from comic book to emotional drama mm. to back to comic book in a way we got you know like you said we got the TARDIS team being friends just having a mm. cracking a few jokes selling a few outrageous it's, it's stories it's turned um little bit mission impossible now isn't it i won't go that far but, yeah, just, oh. <laughs> but it's in and that the, direction yeah, and, and look, just and, little and things little there like sequence. jack heroically jumps over the trolley yeah. and mickey ends up with his uh, foot Again, in a, being in toilet in a, roll yeah, exactly yeah which it's, is, it's which is very character book, isn't it? you know yeah i don't know if it's it's more caricature i think than character i think but it's it, just it less, fits less, both less, of them mickey's that's, like the fun guy at this point isn't he right yeah which, uh, which again contrasts with who he is towards the end of the episode. Yeah. So again, it's it's that thing of using familiar tropes and having a good old hoot with them, and then switching suddenly into into the the, the, the drama, the slightly darker yeah. drama, and the emotion of the piece. Now I believe that walkway bit where she is there has been used in multiple mm. episodes as different things. Ah, uh, right. Very possible. And also the room where the doctor ran in and climbed out the window. Is the yeah. same room for Saxon's PM? Well, yeah. Room. Yeah, yeah. Time yeah, I really... think actually it was the same one as well that they used in Aliens of London. Yes, it's it the, probably was. Yeah. Number ten cabinet yeah. room, right? Oh, this is this is a nice bit of comedy. It is, except this is the thing, right? Now, one thing I've noticed having been rewatching this series is that the Sonic is, it starts off actually being used very sparingly, but mm. now it's suddenly a way to stop Margaret Blaine from running away. Yeah. So again, it's starting to become that kind of ubiquitous get out for pretty much anything. Because actually, the ninth Doctor, he hasn't really used it that much. It has put in an appearance, mm. increasingly so, but. Not as much as when you think of recent recent series, yeah, where it seems to be kind of waved around at pretty much everything. <laughs> See again, this station right. is designed to explode as soon as it reaches capacity. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good, is it? <laughs> I like this from Margaret Blaine here. Actually, you know, sort of kicking off about the fact London doesn't care about Wales, and then realizing that she's gone native. <laughs> Yeah. 
See, and, and again, with this thing here, right? So we're, what are we? We're 20 minutes in, near enough. We're not even 20 minutes in. And the, yeah, do, the doctor and team have kind of literally exposed the baddie, mm. exposed their evil plot, and also exposed some technology. And really, this is kind of the end of the story in a way. Yes. Except it isn't. Because this isn't really what the story is about. This is the kind of, you know, the, the Doctor Who adventure. But the story is about much, much more than that surface detail. And, when, and of course, here we've, we're coming up to the Doctor realising that something is following him through space and time. And he's just noticed the name of the project and he's just kind of walked up to it as Jack goes on about yeah. surfboards from the future and stuff like that. Sorry, I'm really, really dark here. This uh, you are really dark. I've it just turned my. Moody, though. Mm, I can't have my phone light staring at me. Sorry, this uh, my video is useless tonight. <laughs> maybe maybe this won't go out on uh, YouTube. <laughs> I, I, mate, I think you look better in the dark. Well, you would, yeah. <laughs> bad wolf. Of course, bad we've wolf. seen bad wolf. Those words appeared quite a few times throughout this series foreshadowing something perhaps yes. who knows a little bit of graffiti ah uh, well do you know what you say that I, again i've been watching it is a little bit more than that is it you know it's more like um it's it's a meme isn't it it's like a mood it's a it's a theme that's been following them through mm. and yes it does appear in the graffiti but it appears in a lot more things. Oh yeah, um, no, it does. Yeah, you're right. It's on a couple of signs and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's know, not. It's not like just. That. It's not just the the writing. Bad Wolf. It's the idea of something. You know, a monster from the dark chasing them through through time and space through the the, the forest of space and time. If you like, right? That's me getting a little bit metaphysical here. Is and it? it kind of shows its appearance on occasion, a flash of green eyes, an ear, a tooth there or something. You know, the occasional word, a graffiti or, you know, whatever it is. In here, it's the name of a project, which is, which is, which if it runs to, um, if, if it goes live, is going to destroy the planet, not just yeah. Cardiff. It's going to crack open the whole planet. So it's something that is constantly associated with doom and danger. And yeah. that fits nicely as we kind of roll into into the finale of the series. But but why did Rose choose to send the words Bad Wolf back in time? I haven't watched that again yet, so I'll tell you when I'll tell you when I get to it. Good. good I, I might well go, go out and watch it after this actually. I'm smiling. <laughs> I can't tell in the dark. It looks no, like no. a grimace. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, so we've got a little bit of technobabble here. Now, okay, so this is interesting because now the bad guy, the villain, is is stuck in the TARDIS mm. with the rest of them, which doesn't always happen. In fact, I don't think it's ever happened. Um, you know, we've we've caught the villain, we've followed their evil schemes. Well, the, si the Cybermen the got in with, um, was it the sixth Doctor or the fifth? No, no, I, I don't mean that. I, I mean, you know, actually finishing the story or finishing the adventure and bringing the villain oh, and, and into, invited in, on into yeah. the TARDIS and then yes. seeing as viewers what that conversation looks like. Mm. It's almost like the downtime, isn't it? You know, we've, we've seen a lot of stuff already that we haven't seen before in Doctor mm. Who. That you know, everyone having fun in the restaurant. Um, you know, the, the the evil villain having a bit of an existential crisis. 
and now she's challenging them all to look her mm. in the eye because if they do take her back to Raxacarica Phalopatorius, was it Raxacarica Phalopatorius? Raxacophalopatorius. Yeah, you know, if they take her back there, then she's going to be melted in acid mm. or something, I believe. So let's see which of you executioners can look me in the eye. Cue camera shots. Mickey thinks I can do it. Can you, Mickey? Can you really? Go on then. Uh, nah, nah, I can't. I can't. What about you, Rose Tyler? Yeah, no, she's not even trying. Yeah. The Doctor, a little bit more enigmatic than the Doctor. It's almost like he's not playing that game. He's not doing this. You know, he knows what she's trying to do. She's trying to get in everybody's heads. Yeah. Or is she? Is she genuine? This is a great shot. Sorry, I'm rambling here, but I love this shot of Mickey against the fountain. Yeah. That little pan down with the water, and we see his, his kind of silhouette there. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the um, where the torch would lift is, isn't it? Mm. Later. That's right, and the uh, and the rift, mm. the rift in space time, as we saw again previously in uh, in the Unquiet Dead. So it's nice how these little, um, you know, these yeah. little threads are sort of intertwining through different stories in the yes. series. And again, and that was um, very much a Bad Wolf episode mm. because um, is it uh, Gwen? 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 She um, she foresees the Bad Wolf in Rose, yes. or she feels its presence lurking somewhere around her. And of course, her power, her psychic power, is tied into the Rift, which is on this site. So it's 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 a nicely constructed series. I don't think the Bad Wolf thing is really an arc as such. It's no. a theme, you know, which yeah. runs through the, which runs through the series. What's quite nice as well is that, um, you know, things like this and the, um, you know, the rift and the mm. torchwood stuff, are developing Cardiff as this centre of things yeah, and, and building yeah. the world mm. of the show off the back of our actual world, you know, as, yeah, as well. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about this series, isn't it? It, it's, it had started happening at, at the end of the classic series with Sylvester McCoy's final season, where Doctor Who was starting to feel more urban and more grounded mm. in the real world. Like, you know, yeah. yes, there's always going to be a fantasy element to it. There's always going to be something fantastical and exciting and dangerous. But it's actually... It's, it's, it also has a foothold, a much stronger foothold now in the world that we know, which yes. which kind of gets gets us all a, a little bit more invested in I the danger so, yeah. and the excitement and everything. Yeah. I think you know and we, it, we kind of go with it because relatable. we recognise this landscape. Yeah. Exa yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could have just said that, couldn't I? Would've you could saved yeah. all my dogs. Uh, saved all my dogs. <laughs> I don't know why you saved your <laughs> saved dogs. all my words because I'm reading the subtitles and Margaret's thing about the Isle of Dogs came up, and I'm getting a bit old, mate. Yeah. So she laughs now. So yeah. now they're laughing with her. <clears throat> Do I get a last request? See, again, her character in, in this story is slightly different to Aliens of London. Mm. She was very much a pantomime villain, yeah. again, with all the Slovene in there. And now she's still that. She's still got little echoes of that, you know, her delivery and her sort of laugh, sort of cheeky way of sort of dropping a good one-liner in there. Yeah. But she's really trying to get in their heads now. She's trying everything. She's trying the kind of empathy thing, you know, and now she's trying, you know, to, to, to get them to laugh with her. Yeah. I quite like that she's there as well, actually. She's that line about the Doctor being in danger. Um, you know, she can't escape the Doctor. 
So again, another kind of Russell T. Davis trope with the Doctor being a kind of harbinger of yeah. ultimate doom, almost a godlike presence that stalks the universe, trailing a wake of death and destruction. But, but saving things at the same time. I quite like that she's lit green there. Yeah, it's well. pretty good. Sorry, I talked over you saying that, didn't I? That's, that's right. a terrible thing of me. Yeah, she's lit better than you are at the moment, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you need. Get a green light. Get a green light, yeah. Slitheen yeah, aesthetic. Slitheen green. Jack's got magic space handcuffs. That goes. Of course he has. Of course he has, yeah. Why not? You know, just pulls them out of nowhere. Well, <laughs> probably the same place he pulls the. Uh, <laughs> Blast yeah. Yeah. And again, this is something, isn't it? That the fact that the doctor and his enemy here are gonna go to a restaurant and have yeah. dinner. And okay, she's kinda of challenging him and, and do you know, you know also in, in trap, but still. the first series of the show coming mm. back like this, this this is quite um it's a very unusual and almost experimental episode in some ways because yeah, it's absolutely. so strange yeah. and quite um, quite a ballsy move to do it mm. like now. Most shows, uh, you know, wait. Like I know there's um, a musical Star Trek at the moment, isn't there? Mm. You know, and they did a musical in Buffy and they, they waited six years to do that or the silent episode and stuff like that. So when you do your... Uh, you know, weird ones. You know, you wait mm. a little while normally till you your audience is invested. Yeah, but and they're, they're straight kind of, in there, aren't they? Yeah, and this is a um, clearly a cheap episode because they were saving money elsewhere. Mm. Um, but it yeah, it works. Um, it, it does, and th- there's a bit of criticism I've seen online with this thing being just a filler episode. You know, it's kind of leading in to the finale so it's almost like a, a prelude to that or a prologue to it mm. and, you know and that's fine but I, I don't think even if it was just that that there's actually any harm in it no but you know what in, uh, in uh, being that sorry to, to um to cut that's right, go on. I, I don't think for me personally there's any such thing as a filler episode in Doctor Who no absolutely yeah that's, that's Doctor Who exactly is, where is, I was going with that yeah oh, okay yeah it's it's not a show that mm. is particularly arc heavy Okay. Yeah, I wasn't so, going to sound quite so angry about it as you seem to be going no, no, now. No, 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 no. Nonetheless, I'm, no. I'm with you on it. It's it's not you're you're twisting the stuff I'm saying, and I don't mean it. It's not. Um, you know, it does have arcs, but it, it they are mm. small elements of episodes that lead into the finales in in most mm. series. Mm. Whereas some other shows, um, you know, say Game of Thrones, for example, the arc is a lot bigger and a lot more kind of prominent and Doctor mm. Who well is... even in Doctor Who Flux for example it was more prominent there wasn't it you know, yes. but then that was designed as a serialised it, it was designed story. to be serialised but you still had what could can pass as uh, you know adventure of the week mm. you know t- to an extent with um, uh, you know War of the Sontarans or Village of the Angels yeah, they, yeah. they yeah, true. don't entirely make sense or on their own because of the, the Flux elements mm. um, but for me you know an episode like Tooth and Claw or you know Smith and Jones. That mm. that's what Doctor Who is. Those those individual yeah, episodes yeah, with I a beginning, agree. a middle, and end. And you might get mm. a little bit of an arc element in them, such as the mention of Torchwood or Saxon, and in, in in those episodes. But it, it's 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 not difficult well, I, to explain. I, I, but, I take you know. an, an arc as being an, a, a bigger story, you yes. know, of which the episodes are a part of. Yeah. And 
there is actually so little of Doctor Who that's like that. Even yeah. this series is not really an arc series. It's not a serialized right. um, single story told. Mm. You know, there there is there there is a bigger narrative, but it's so slight. Even in yes. this story, really, yeah. it's 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 a minimum minimal part of it. With something like Flux, it's a lot heavier. But yeah. Flux was designed that yeah, way. Meant, that's it how was it meant was to written. Be, so well, the balance is, is shifting yeah. slightly. And that's what I mean. So, like the, the Bad Wolf mentions they they're not yeah, yeah. things that are. No, um, no, they're integral things, to the plot. Really, they're, they're things. They're, mm. they're not happening to the characters or the they're not events happening that, that drive things. Mm, of course, mm. it, it is at the end, but it becomes different then. Um, but yeah, saying this is a filler episode of, of Doctor Who. Well, yeah, it doesn't. They're really almost do all filler then. You know, I've seen people yeah, online talk, exactly. talk. You know, people online they're talking about it. Yeah. Do, do you like the arc episodes of Doctor Who more than the the fillers? Mm. And I thought. Well, I wouldn't if, if, even respond to that, mate. To be honest, well, well no, I didn't reply. Whatever. But I just thought, if if you went yeah. for um, arc only episodes, you, you'd only have a four or five episode season because those are, yeah, you know, exactly. like that's when you get a mention of something. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. The show isn't hung around the arc. Mm. The arc is dropped into them. You know, if if you see what I mean. We're sort of talking over the best part of the story here, yeah. in my opinion. This little two-hander between um, Annette Badland and Christopher Eccleston, it's brilliant. Yeah, this it's is really good. Two powerhouse actors delivering a fantastic little scene written specifically, you think, for them. Mm. Well, no, it's it just wonderful. They this. are absolutely selling it. You know, we, Again, we've had a little comic book stuff when she was trying to um, gas him and throw poison dart at him, and... Um, and now we've got the the drama, and of course we've got more drama to come with Mickey and Rose mm. out on the on the riverside. And again, this this has gone from a sort of um, sort of laughy, jokey, you know, you're my boyfriend, but you're not my boyfriend, blah blah blah, kind of thing. Now we've got something that feels more like it could have come out of EastEnders or yeah. Corrie. Yeah, it's you know, it's very that. soap, isn't it? It is very soap, but it's played for real by these two. Mm. You know, they're they're not. They don't actually sound like they're coming out of a, out of a soap opera. No. It's, this is still very much within the world of Doctor Who. And again, yeah. we've never really seen this. You know, no. We've never had this kind of argument between companions. We'd had a little bit of a falling out in Earthshot with Adric and Tegan and Nissa and the Doctor. And that was about as close as we ever got in the old days to anything mm. like this. And actually, it's probably we've never had anything since. Or maybe actually a bit stuck with Ace and the Doctor. Now we're, we're pulling it back here as well. So it's kind of building... On that, but and well, they're both and, really and good making here. it part of the texture yeah. of, of new Doctor Who, and and stuff like this is is one of the things that modern audiences responded to and and, mm. and connected with. And I, I say it's soap opera. I don't mean it's like soap opera level, but it's you know what you might call kitchen sink drama type of thing. Mm. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and it's quite unusual. You know, like you said, it, you didn't really get that in Doctor Who mm. before, but but since the revival. You know, it's it's a big part of it, and, and yeah. that's one of the things I think that that has made it work for modern audiences because yeah, you, you can invest yeah. in and care in these yeah. characters because it's it's more than just chasing monsters mm. and stuff. Well, like I said, you know, they they they'd started doing doing that with uh, the Seventh Doctor mm. stuff, hadn't they? With with Ace and the sort of urban background yeah. of survival. And perhaps and if they hadn't done that, you wouldn't have had it like this in in this Maybe. series. Maybe, yeah, but but I think again, you know, that that for us. 
you know, for for those of us who were around it during the Seven Doctor days and who sort of grew up with it like like you did, you know, that was always again part of the texture, but yeah. maybe it wasn't as big a part of it. And now this is Russell T Davis saying, yeah, well, that is definitely part of Doctor Who, and I'm going to make it now. I'm going to in I'm going to make build this story around this little scene here, yeah. because this is for me the whole point of watching Boomtown is to get this scene. It's, it's Look at this, how close yeah. the camera yeah, is on those just faces, say Jeff. That, yeah. That's theatrical, isn't it? Almost, yeah. you know. It's that's a spotlight, a single spotlight on the both of them. And 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 we're, they're talking about the morality here. Now, again, we don't know at this point what the Doctor's done, right? With with Gallifrey and the Time mm, War and everything, mm. we've had a little few hints. We've seen a few tears drop from his eyes. But when you look at this, and if, you know, we were talking about rewatch value on on our previous podcast. When you look at this again and you pull all that weight in, you know that he's killed his own people. And they, you know, it, it gives added weight to that moral conversation between yeah. him and um, Blonde Felfatch. And I suppose you could assume that she knows about all of that as well. I don't know if she does. I think she maybe suspects it. She knows the Doctor's dangerous. She knows he's a killer. She's already said, you, you know, he's already said the sort of things that she recognises a killer would say. Because she's born to kill, like she's saying here. You know, she was mm. brought up in it. Um, but now something's going on. So we've obviously yeah, had far rumbling. too much conversation going on. Time to bring back a few pyrotechnics. Yes. <laughs> and Jurassic there you go. Park. Smash window. Yay, everybody screams. <laughs> Rose has run off. Mickey's left standing. He's really angry here. You know, yeah, It's he always is. him. It's always a doctor. It's never going to be me. I love that. That's fierce. And they can't oh, yeah, get too far apart the cuffs, these two guys. Yeah. Because if they do, zzz, as Jack put it, and she doesn't want to run away. No, she's sticking with the Doctor. He's the safest person to be within a crisis, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mate, you've I gone want... totally dark now. I yeah, can't no, even I have, see yeah. you at all. That um, Those lights that were, were swinging in the uh, mm. shop previously, I wonder if someone was standing at the top of the, uh, on a ladder, Flicking oh. them. I've turned my screen up now, but now it's hurting my eyes. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That's not a good thing. Yeah, that, that's where we did our filming. I love these. Yeah, that crack yeah, is it? I love those CGI cracks in the pavement. I think they're great. Do you know what? When I was um, when I was this, this looks pretty good on on my computer screen here actually. Mm. But I've, I've been watching series one on uh, on iPlay on my main telly, yeah. which is a big old 4k uhd thing right and obviously what it's trying to do is trying to upscale yes. a lot of this stuff but this was all recorded in standard definition yeah it was so yeah. if you think high definition is is what twice the resolution of standard uh, definition more, a bit more than that yeah a bit more isn't it and 4k is four times the yeah. definition of high definition so what might so my tv really struggles yeah. with this with with these series with these episodes actually and you, and the end result makes them look more like video because it's trying to yeah. put extra information in trying to smooth it out there's a lot of processing so it almost looks like an old classic series right. which is really weird it gives it that sort of outside broadcast kind of look yeah that's and, interesting and it's and, and I'm watching it and, and but the the kind of feeling of the vibe I'm getting as watching them as outside broadcast, right? Quotation mark fingers. It's just it's it's odd. It sort yeah. of feels a little bit cheap, almost. You know. Do you remember when they um they released the first four series on Blu-ray, and um, uh, I was gonna buy it. It was a nice mm. box and everything, and and then I sort of read a few reviews, and they said because it was all shot in SD, mm. the upscale to HD is basically negligible. So I thought, you know, I'm not going to spend a hundred quid when mm. 
I've I've got them as good as you're really going to yeah, get. And then yeah. now, you know, if, if they were to scan the the mm. masters, the negative, yeah, yeah, you know, they might be able to get it a bit better for the collection mm. in time. Um, you know, I they, hope they do actually because I think it's worth it. Oh yeah, I it would think, be. I mean, they've done it to everything else, haven't they? Yeah, but. Um, but the thing is, when I watched it on my big tally, it really did look 20 years old yeah. and then some. You know, you, you could really see things where the CGI was, was transposed onto the, yeah. onto the film. And it, but that's, for that, for example, is why Buffy has never come out on, on mm. Blu-ray, because they have the masters, but all the effects were run, rendered in basically flat 2D stuff, so they can't yeah. upscale them because yeah, they won't look any good. Back in those days, wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah. And and so it, it it would never look good, mm. uh, you know, upscaled at all, you know. They they managed to do it with Star Trek: The Next Generation, but they only did it by redoing all the the special effects from scratch. That's it. They, they'd have to redo that's, it. All, that's yeah. the only way they could do yeah. it, really. So they had the and negatives of the originals, yeah. but they had to just redo the special effects, which obviously is a massive, massive budget. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So you've got to have the audience now. This. So okay. So oh, back yeah. to the story. So Blonfeld Fatch Margaret Blaine has revealed her true colours. It was all a trap for the Doctor. She was only pretending. She's uh, tried to grab hold of Rose, and now, in her final moments, her little trap by having that future surfboard plugged into the TARDIS has caused the rift to kind of do its thing. And something from the TARDIS, the heart of the TARDIS. Yeah, which comes back up. into play a bit later You've in the season, it doesn't soul. it? Yeah, but of course we don't know that at this point, no. do we? So this is, so I remember the first time I I watched this and I thought, well, where the hell does that come from? I thought yeah. at the time it was just a bit of a, a Deus ex, ex Machina kind of ending. It's like you know, well, let's just have the TARDIS do her in. You know, with something that we've never seen before, yeah. Really, so I I wasn't massively impressed by it, but of course, as you said, it does play out and feed into the next, um, uh, well, the yeah. last story and, of the season. You know, and it? to Part be fair, uh, you know, you can say the TARDIS is a you know into magic box and it's got all sorts of things it's within it. It's very magical here. Y- yeah, it is, and it doesn't and hasn't. Uh, laid out all of its features and facilities. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, you know, so you can make up anything yeah. in a way. But I, I thought at the time to do that in order to bring the story to a satisfactory ending. Yeah, um, was a, was asking a little bit much. I thought yeah, it was I a little bit cheap. Okay. I thought it was a bit of a hand of God type kind of thing. And I, and and if I've got one criticism to make with Russell T Davis's writing, and it's only very minor, he does do that a lot but i think here he does actually make it work yes because it pays off in a massive way towards the end of um the series in an even bigger quite literal hand of god moment yeah so he obviously likes that and but that's what it is you know that's his writing take it or leave it and you know he's he's big and bad and famous enough that he doesn't have to worry about these things you know and quite right too i'll give you that But again, it's, in the TV movie, we saw a lot of things happen that we'd never seen before in the TARDIS. Yeah. We had the actual Eye of Harmony in there yeah, as well. Yeah. So I think in my head, that was actually looking into the Eye of Harmony. I was quite disappointed. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. You know, we've, we've had that before, haven't we? Mm. In fact, we even had the Doctor sort of turn back time. Mm. So, you know, I can hardly accuse Russell T. Davis of, uh, of bringing in the hand of God to wrap up the story in a nicely convenient way. Because he does it with such style, anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> As I said, it's only a minor, minor, minor criticism. 
I was just and looking at the TARDIS yeah, set there. So it's, it's, quite, um, it's quite busy, that one, isn't it? Like a lot of cables and wires and yeah. stuff hanging around. It's a shame it was never shot really well much in yeah. full HD because I think it would have benefited from that. Maybe. It, they'd probably have to stock it up with a bit more, a few more props and things, wouldn't they? Yeah. This is quite nice now. So Rose has gone back to find Mickey after the carnage, hoping that he's all right. She gets distracted, I think. Oh, I know, she asks a policeman, where is he? I, we guess we don't actually hear, but presumably she's looking for Mickey. He could go up to her right now. Yeah. He's clearly still upset, but he thinks, you know, I'm just going to walk away. So is he walking away, not so much because he's upset with Rose, but because he wants to let her have her life with the Doctor? He's upset by that, obviously. because It's, it's he's a bit of both, I think, isn't it? He chooses not to be yeah. part of her life now. You know, he has to make that decision and, himself. And also that's quite interesting as well, because it's only a sort of relatively small part of the episode, but he's gone from being mm. that, you know, burp, you know, plasticky, you know, um, tin robot boyfriend to, to actually having a bit more depth <laughs> to him. You know, tin he has. Dog. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, you know, kudos to Noel Clark, really, mm. for, for being that good an actor, you know, so... He brought a lot more to the role than was originally intended, yeah. so they kind of wrote for him going forward, didn't they, and expanded yes. the character outwards. And interestingly as well, of course, the Doctor always calls him Ricky, which yeah. again pays off in the next series, doesn't it? Because it turns out it actually is his name. <laughs> there we go. Ending. Next episode coming up. Oh, yeah. This is so RTD, isn't it? With so this, big is, brother this is and... the, the story... That's actually called Bad Wolf, isn't it? I yeah. Think. And then, of course, we get the parting of the ways afterwards. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm going to watch this next because I can't. I remember need enjoying to. this two parter. It, it's very Did dated you? now in terms in terms of like, yeah. you know the references in it and stuff. But at the time, you know, it, it wasn't. Well, you of say course. that. I mean, Big Brother's still going, isn't it? Or well, it true. Was going until, yeah. It was brought back quite recently. Yes, it was. Weakest yeah. Link is still going with with Ramesh. Yeah. And of course, and then the they Daleks showed again. them there. Yeah, yeah, no, no surprises. Well, you know, well, there is a big surprise, obviously. You know, on on the whole thing, but um, come back next week because we got Daleks back. Yeah, yeah, interesting. What what do you make of that then, Jeff? First time you've um, seen it in quite yeah, a while. I enjoyed it actually. Um, mm. I know we've been talking over it, but it's quite good to. Um, That's what a commentary is, my friend. Exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know to. to dive into it a bit more yeah it, it's um I, I think you know at the time you know you you'd had this sort of cracking mm. string of episodes that were sort of big sort of sci-fi adventures and then you had this and it almost kind of you know grinds to a halt really this mm. this run and by which i mean you know you, you get very kind of conversational yeah. in this yeah. and character and i think at the time i'm you know bearing in mind it was quite a long time ago and i was obviously younger than i am now and i kind of thought Oh, well, this is this is not what we've had, you know, before. And mm. I didn't think it was bad. I just, you know, preferred other stuff in that series. Um, and it, and it, because of its, its sort of very un-Doctor Who-like nature in yeah, a way, yeah. it's not one I often kind of mm. you know, haven't gone back to watch. Um, but it's been nice to kind of, you know, reappraise it. And, um, you know, like I said, I didn't ever think it was bad. Um, but I'm not going to sit down to watch it again in a hurry you know because mm. I, I there was a chat the other day in the um chat group that we have and um 
someone right. said, what episode would you show to someone to sort of introduce them to Doctor Who? And someone oh, okay. said, well, yeah. you know, Blink is, a, is you know, one of the best. But then mm. someone else said, well, the Doctor's hardly in it. And Blink's Doctor's a great it, episode. So but probably it's, not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. not your typical Doctor Who. Again, quite mm. experimental in a way. And and Boomtown, you know, it's it's not your typical yes. Doctor Who episode. So No, it's know, not, no. Um, mm. But we we had an awful we had a lot of comments from people, didn't we? Uh, we about did this one. We do. Gonna, yes. Do you want to see if you can get the Facebook ones up quickly? I've I've I, got um... some some up here actually. Yeah. Oh, so okay. um, this is from actually from one of the groups that were on Facebook, Doctor Who Infinity. Actually, there's still quite a few more posts coming in now. Actually, just as I'm going in, I've got notifications telling me that more people have commented upon your post and reacted and all the rest. I'll of just it. read so a I'll couple read here. Some of those oh, okay, you, you go. Um, so we've got um, let's have a look uh, we've got Thomas Tokley here who says it's an underrated gem of a story one of my top three comfort episodes to watch we've got Mike Genovese who says and it's nice that the character got another chance presumably referring to Margaret Blaine or Blonfeld Fatch mm. um, oh here we go Anna Diaz who says an acting duel between Annette and Eccleston? It's delightful to watch them. Absolutely agree that. Oh, and here's a here's an interesting one as well. Michael Michael Audrison says, yeah, <laughs> there's a scene when the Doctor chases presumably um, uh, Margaret Blaine and outpaces her with timey wimey trickery. If it's that easy for him, it makes a nonsense of every pursuit since 1963. So presumably, Michael, that's the um, the moment oh, the- where she's trying to get away, and he just brings her back with this uh, with a click of the sonic. Um, yes. What else have we got? There's a lot of people saying it's underrated, a gem of an episode. Um, Rian Kerwin says funny yet also has a nice edge and once it shifts it shifts unlike Aliens of London slash World War 3 which flip flops in tone I think there is a little bit of flip flopping with this as well actually but mm. I get I get what they're saying it's um, you know when it does shift in that moment in the restaurant is when it really shifts and it stays mm. at the, in that place you know mm. even when it all starts kicking off afterwards um, ba- Annette Badland kills it alongside Christopher Eccleston uh, Ray Smith says, "I love this type of episodes. Should do them more often." So yeah, yeah quite a, quite a few there. Yeah, we've got a few here. Um, Gilster says, "One of the best episodes of the season. Mm. The dinner scene between Margaret and the Doctor, and the foreshadowing of the finale using the heart of the TARDIS are my favourites." Robot mm. of Death says, "Great episode. Comic moments. Heavy discussions. Depth of character. Annette is terrific Definitely and gives that. Eccleston mm. the chance to show what he can do opposite a class act, given some weight in the script. Uh, not for the only time, but perhaps the best?" Question mark. Ben Ripley says, "One of my favourites. Eccleston and Badland are phenomenal." Uh, yeah. Thea Sigma says, "Standout scene is the restaurant scene." Um, mm. This goes back to something you were saying earlier, Paul. Professor Stephen Hawkwind says, why does the man who the Doctor snatches a paper away from not punch his ah, lights out? He just there sits there. Um, and the true Doctor Who fan says, I love it. People slate Boomtown because of its comedy and its monster, but it's so deep, really. Not only is it dealing with the past, but to an extent the future of both series and nearly their mm. spin-off, but it also deals with the consequences of the Doctor's actions. So yeah, it's, there's a lot of love for it, really. Um, which is... Yeah, there is. A, there, there are a few negative comments. Um, again, on Facebook, we've got a few people saying it's a bit naff. Um, I think it's boring. Uh, you know, sort of few of those, but mm. uh, there's also enough that say it's a fun romp. That's Crystal Holmes on our page. Is uh, stuffy and likes who says it's a hoot. Oh yes, so I saw it, that. It, yeah, it, it, it is one that's 
I don't know. It's, it seems to be you either love it or you hate it. Mm. I think there seems to be very little um, middle ground. M- yeah. For me, yeah. with this one, I've watched it a few times, and there are times when I think you know it's all a little bit contrived and a bit ridiculous, and you know I'm not in the mood for it. But actually. When I watch it other times, I I think it's 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 a cracking, it's a unique story. Mm, it that is unique, yeah. It's and really I quite good like at that. what it does, and mm. it shows us something. It takes us to a place that we've we've only ever skirted around at best in in mm. previous Doctor Who. You know, the, the great thing, like you were saying, Russell T Davis here in his very first series writing for Doctor Who has gone straight in there into uncharted yeah. territory, you know, or, or barely charted territory, yeah. and taken it by the horns and said, you know, I'm going to spend 45 minutes telling this story this way the adventure is done within 20 yeah. minutes as we said um but that isn't the story the story That's, of this yeah, exactly. is that yeah. is that kind of morality play that exchange of uh of, of 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 themes and histories and good versus evil and perspective you know because yeah. from blonfeld Fatch's perspective she's not she's not responsible for who she is or is she no. you know she was brought up to kill to hunt to slaughter as part of uh, this massive her, her culture, family yeah. of criminals that that she was born into the doctor on the other hand has a choice to do the right thing mm. or not and of course the doctor always in his mind anyway chooses to do the right That's thing the right, but she yeah. calls him out as a killer she recognizes those traits within some of the words that he says the language that he uses is you know even the way he he goes at things she knows that there's a darkness there in the doctor and again russell is not unafraid to take us right into the heart of yeah. that darkness and as we see it kind of play out over future series yeah. we we understand what caused it and 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 why so yeah it's it's a good one there's a lot yeah. more going on you know as i said it is all at the surface um so you don't have to dig very deep no. to find it you know all you got to do is just just watch it with your eyes open and and it's all there you know, it's it's there for everybody to see, to enjoy, uh, you know, to discuss, or or just not to like if you want. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's it's what it is. It's not Daleks on a mission, Cybermen no. blasting other things. It's just, um, it's just a, a, a quite a dramatic piece of Doctor Who yeah. that we haven't really seen. So I will shut up because I realise I've been talking. Well, I was just to say I am still here. I know you can't see me, but I, I, can't I see am you, man. I'm still here. A blank space. <laughs> You're like one of those like ghostly sheets. You know, you, you literally look. You're freaking me out now. I have to say, you are. You are I literally left, the ghost. I left of Jeff. twenty minutes ago. <laughs> the spirit. Yeah. Your AI Jeff. Yeah. Oh, now you're looking like freaky Jeff, mate. Yeah. You can't hold kind of freaky there. <laughs> Some freaky right. thing going on. Well, we'll your face, um, mate. We'll sign off here because I'm in the sitting in the pitch black now. Um, <laughs> the next time I'll make sure I've got my light out. And I changed my my background. Yes, I noticed I'll you did. Yes, it, it looks screen, really good. So I've now got yeah. a Doctor Who related background. This, this is what which happens. Has always been the, there, but just not in shot. This is what happens when the kids don't go to bed on time. So I will sign off, and I will say thank you for listening once again. And um, we'll catch you next week on Who Corner to Corner. And mm. I will talk to you a bit later. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. See you, everybody, then. Thanks for listening. Join us next time. Bye-bye.